Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us. Jesus! God and baby. Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah! Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night in this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Spirited Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Well, uh, I'm here in the freezing cold getting free chicken sandwiches. Because the food tastes great. I mean, there's no, there's no, I mean, it's chicken. It's fried chicken. It's fried chicken. I like fried chicken. Welcome to Yakuza Geek Radio, back on this motherfucker again to talk some more shit, as always. Um, man, a bunch of different shit to get into this week. Um, I guess, uh, you know, before we get into any of that, I'll just, you know, uh, talk about some, some local to me shit, you know, um, couple things I did for the Christmas season. Uh went with the family to uh Longwood Gardens in uh Pennsylvania. Highly, highly recommend that shit is dope. I've never been there before. I heard a bunch of times about it. They do stuff year round. I mean the whole place is beautiful. Um but yeah, th- this Christmas thing that they did, they, they really set it off. And um we're definitely gonna make like a yearly tradition out of that. Real, real nice stuff. Um no, it's it's probably about two hours away for us. So, I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a trip, but 
I would say worth it. You know, I mean, I was absolutely worth it, and we'll do it yearly. So that was one dope thing. And then the next week, we went to um, the Bronx Zoo Holiday Lights, and they did a phenomenal job too. You know, a completely different vibe from the stuff you were seeing. You know, um, at uh, Longwood Gardens, but you know, they did these um, kind of like lantern animals, like pretty much full size animals, but they were made out of like you know that kind of lantern material and lit up. And then they had, you know, tons of real lights, they had ice carving, um, all sorts of stuff, you know, like live ice carving. Um, you know, the animals for the most part, you know, they were, it was sectioned off so you really couldn't see the animals. That wasn't really like the whole, you know, the whole thing was the lights. Um, it was cool in the one section because um, where they had the sea lions, it's like a big like center, you know, almost like a town square with sea lions in the middle of it. And um, that's where they have that at. And um they had like the big, you know, a lot of big Christmas stuff going on in that area. So it was like the one area where they're swimming around, like it was a party for them and shit. And, um, that, that was really cool. Cause that, you know, you could just overlook the, the sea lion swimming in and out of the water and see all of this like crazy over the top Christmas stuff. They had this like lady that had, a, um, like a peacock Christmas light, like backpack shit where she would open it up and it was probably like, a good like at least 15 feet in the air this thing when she fanned it out it was it was massive and she's walking around with that shit on it you know made her look like a peacock with the with the lights on the wings and shit but uh yeah it was it was cool and um i definitely again recommend like those are going to be my two yearly you know trips you know family trips around christmas you know get you into the season and everything and, and they they legitimately set it off so um, definitely going to do those again. Um, all right. What kind of shit do I want to get into first here? Oh, my cat yelling at the door over here, but he's going to have to chill out. Um, all right, let's just go right into all the, all this craziness. Um, Jimmy Ray's dead. Um, I, I don't even know the cause of death. I mean, the dude lost all his limbs and all this. Um, he just continued to get, uh, massive infections. Um, you know, I mean, the dude was a drug addict for years and to me I blame the business I blame the wrestling business for this shit 100% this is this is where like too much of the bullshit is protected and and they just keep playing this role like they don't see anything they know the deal but they kind of just allow shit to linger because he was getting limbs lopped off still when he was like one of the trainers for CZW. And this was a guy who, before any limbs were lost, he was hitting fans up on a regular basis begging for money. He he would hit people up all the time. Almost every fan's got a message, you know. If you made contact with him at any point and he had a way to reach you, he was going to hit you up and try to get some kind of money out of you or try to get you to buy something. Like, he was really peddling out there. He's been doing it for years. So, when you see these people amongst you doing this type of shit time in and time out and you put them at the head of your schools and you continue to keep them around your locker room and, and have them around the young guys and see this is how this operates and this and that. I don't give a fuck how much knowledge they have or how much anything they have. If you allow these problems to linger and kind of allow them to have a place to fucking wither and die. Because realistically, if some of these people were forced into the job, into regular jobs, you know, they'd be forced to live some form of reality. Wrestling is such this, you know, that uh, fraternity type shit, you know, where 
you know, everybody keeps quiet about this or that. And, you know, now they're pretending to be moral and shit. So now finally, after all these years, like RF has got a bad name in wrestling. What the fuck? Just now, like I, back then I was looking at like, how is this fucking guy still sitting at the table right over there? You know, like how, how is that happening? You know? And then he's still going to be the guy who gets all the coverage of this, this, the best shooting interview here. So you wind up watching this shit anyway, even though, you know, the whole thing is fucked up been allowed to be continuing to exist and you know shit like this that continues to happen where guys die and then everyone acts like oh it was so terrible and you you know they just show you pictures from fucking 30 years ago or you know 15 years ago when the kid was young and fucking you know working with this group part of the embassy or you know back nwa wild side this and that but like what about like fucking the past five seven years where this guy's been clearly blatantly fucking struggling that anybody does not Stevie fucking wonder could see. And, you know, we're just going to watch him wither away and then just go, ah, yeah, he's like Jimmy. Okay. But what the fuck is going on? Not that it's like really anyone's responsibility to fix him specifically, but don't give him a place to be and, and continue that lifestyle. Make it harder for him to have that fucking lifestyle, you know? That's just what it's got to be, especially when you put them in a role of teaching kids. What the fuck are they supposed to do? Oh, I got a guy that's like, you know, little by little losing all the fucking limbs on his body. But, you know, I'll have him teach, you know, the new kids who come in here, you know. I mean, it's it, you know, it's just a shame to continue to see guy after guy just die, you know, this this terrible death. And for years... You know, the, all the warning signs, all the red flags are just ignored. Them, them shits are just, you know, sewn into fucking t-shirts and sold to the fucking fans. All the red flags are just sewn into fucking t-shirts. And, you know, you look at the shit with Gage. How long is that going to fucking be? You know? I said this shit a long time ago. I had people like Joey Janela popping up online. And look, this isn't just a shot of Joey or anything like that. But, you know, he was one of the first guys that would, he would pop right up. Oh, I was with him last weekend. He he seemed fine to me. Like, uh, okay, man. Whatever whatever you need to say to fucking stick up for your quote-unquote friend. Because, again, when it comes down to the type of shit that he's going through and and the struggle that he's got going on with this drug shit, there's way too many people just fucking partying with the guy. That shit isn't friends. Like, I, I said this shit when he came out the fucking first time, and I was like, man, if he never wrestles again and he lives a happy life, he's able to. And I know wrestling is all he knows, so he wouldn't be happy if he wasn't doing it. But I mean, an overall life where he doesn't struggle, where he's not going from fix to fix. He's not, you know, making barely any money and putting it all back into his fucking his, his vice and then just breaking even continuously and just continuing to run those laps. You know, that's those same laps landed him in a fucking bank, you know, before he went in. That's, that's the type of shit that is. And as this guy gets older, it gets sadder. It gets harder to even run the laps that he's been running this, this wrestling shit. So it sounds adorable to be like, fuck you. I'll die doing this. I'll fucking, anyone who thinks that I shouldn't be doing this, go fuck you. Fuck, I'll fight you. All that shit is cute. Fight your fucking demons, bro. Because when it comes down to it, if you ain't strong enough to beat that shit, never mind me. Because I'll still fucking be here. 
fights ain't going to help you at all in this fucking world. You better get your own shit together because that, that's the thing that, that bothers me about guys like him is like he's so set in his fucking ways. Uh, who, who's changing him? You know? And it's sad because, again, he, he went right back into the lifestyle. Everyone was quick to hand them beers and fucking get them back rolling. Hey, hit this or whatever. And and as soon as he fucking he came out, he started the road to head it back in. You know, he was out, what, a year? Right the fuck back in. Before they could actually fully launch the tournament named after him, he was back in. You know, and then he came back out. And seemingly when he came back out, he was a bigger knucklehead than the first time he came out. And when he first came out the first time, he was jacked. He was fucking seemingly focused. He was so happy to be back. Uh, and then the second time around, when he came out, he was more this this cheerleader um, pep rally gauge, this uh, pull string toy gauge, you know, that's got six catchphrases that if you pull the string, it goes, MDK all fucking day. Shout out to my murder, death, kill gang. Uh, Eastern Block, Hate Club. Pull the string, fucking 326. You know, like, it, it's the same shit. If it wasn't for you motherfuckers, I wouldn't be doing this. Fucking pull the string again, you know? Yeah, and that, that it's just the same shit over and over. There's no feeling. There's no, He's a shell of himself. He's a talking head at this point. Go check him out on Cameo. You know, I mean, rumor had it, you know, as I as I was um, alluding to in past weeks that I was hoping for, I, I had heard that he did go into rehab with Mox, but Mox stayed and he didn't. And that's that's the last I heard as far as, you know, what's supposedly going on with him. And it's a fucking shame. But again, all these people were friends, were friends, were friends. But who was the one guy to fucking actually get him some fucking help or at least attempt to get him some help? Mox. It wasn't the people that were right alongside of him. Because, I mean, you know. And again, you can lead a horse to water, can't make him drink, but there's a big difference between, you know, helping and, like, facilitating the problem. Handing a motherfucking addict beers and shit like this, it might be nothing to you, but it's a massive gateway for them to go back into their old habits. You just gotta know that type of shit. You know? And when Gage came out, I think this was the, was it the second time? Might have been the second time. I don't know. Nah, I might have. Whatever the tournament of death that he was at um, after the first time. Yeah, I think it was the first time when he came out. And it was the tournament of death. And I I was, you know, just completely straight edge. I, I wasn't smoking. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't doing anything. I, we, we had fucking, we had packed berries and shit. <laughs> we had a little cooler of fucking berries and intermission. We went to the car, ate some fucking berries, fucking sat there, you know. And he, he, he saw us and he like he recognized us and was like, hey, guys, you know, what's going on, guys? And then, like, he's like, so, so what's going on? And, you know, looking around, like, and then it was like, oh, nothing, just chilling, you know, whatever. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then, like, he looked behind, and there was another guy, like, waving a beer around, smoking something. He fucking, he tailed off, like, real quick. Oh, see you guys later. And, oh, okay, yeah. Like, you could just see, like, there wasn't, like, resistance to, like, that type of substances and shit like that. So, 
you know, if you can go back into the same circles with a different mentality, you'll survive. But if you think you could jump into the same fucking pool and the water's going to feel different, you, you, you know, you're being completely delusional. And again, that tough guy shit doesn't take you far because it's you versus you. You ain't, you ain't got to tell me a goddamn thing. I'll see how you do. You know, I, from wherever the fuck I'm at, I could look and like, oh, how's he doing? Oh, he's not doing so good. Oh, okay, well, I ain't have to have any part in that. That's, it's not me versus you. It ain't got shit to do with me. But I could see from afar this dude struggling, and people just keep making excuses. And, oh, no, actually, no. So, I know I think he's doing good. Oh, I didn't know. I, you know, just ignore all the red flags and, yeah, like I said, make another T-shirt. MDK red flag shirt. But, you know, these are the people who will cry at his fucking memorials and his tribute shows and, you know, have all these heartfelt speeches and shit, but just keep facilitating it. And, you know, I keep hoping that these guys see the light and, you know, find a way to recover. And as I said, I, I you know, I'm beyond this shit anyway, as far as like my super fandom. But if life continues without wrestling and these motherfuckers are doing well in life, I, I can't be anything but happy for them. You know, if wrestling is this, this dark place that drags them into their vices, then, yeah, I, I think that's a bad idea for them. I'd like to say, hey, dude, yeah. That guy's doing really well. He's got kids and a house and, you know, he, he does this and that now. But, um, man, remember when he came off the top of the fucking cage at that? You know, like, I, I'm fine with reflecting on guys like that. Not like, what kind of fucking sad future life are you going to have when you're just a, a, an American deathmatch legend? That shit don't go anywhere. Mick Foley had to take his shit to the WWE and do that shit on a high level. For his name to ring any kind of fucking bell in anyone's mind. And if it wasn't for the Mankind character and all that stuff that sold toys and t-shirts and brought some kids' eyes to it. and it, That shit had no fucking weight. And, and that's, it's it's such a small audience for that to be your identity. It's it's not a, it's not a great thing. It's not something that, that people should be so fucking proud of a guy turning his entire existence into. Because it's a, it's a sad fucking end. There's no, there's no happiness at the end of that. There's struggle and continuous fucking go for now, especially GoFundMe's and oh come on brother, help me out, just help me out one more time. It's, it's crazy, nonstop wrestler begging on on the internet now. But you know, people who need help need to get help, and if they need to get the fuck out, they need to get the fuck out. You know, and I think there should be more encouragement of that shit. Than, than the party is the party's killing some motherfuckers and you know rest in peace to Jimmy Rave I mean you know I was never a big fan of him as a wrestler but you know the kid had a lot of technical talent um, he definitely he, he got the crowd fucking mad at him I was one of them for a while because you know he was a super athletic technical kid just pretty boy kid with just like kind of basic moves and shit and just you know he, he was like the anti-hardcore and you wanted to see, you know, the Nick Gage come out and, and plaster this motherfucker with a chair, you know, Trent come out, kick his face off, you know, he was still like NWA wild sides guy, you know? So that, that's how, you know, how I always viewed Jimmy. I was never like a, you know, a fan of his like that, but you know, again, you don't want to see kids like that die. Like look, that shit's terrible, but you know, you can't act like it's some miracle and shit. This just happens over and over and over again in the same fashion. It's the same level of addiction, same substances. 
the pain pills to the dope shit to the to the death, and that's it. There's got to be a change somewhere along the line. Motherfuckers got to get their uh, their cards pulled. You know, they got to be like, all right, yeah, you uh, you've been flagged. You know, like they do with the bar and shit. Like, all right, you've had too many. You've gone a little too far into this uh, this world of demons and shit. We can't. You know, you gotta get you gotta get it together. We can't keep booking you in. You know. But they they do this you know this this filthy little business that as long as you could just go out there, put on an act, play the role in front of the kids, and then come back, I'll give you your money, and then you can go turn it into dope and shoot it out back. You know, like that shit is that shit is what's killing people. You know, there you know you know we know the stories years ago of guys paying guys in pills and shit like this. You know, it, it's just it's it's been facilitated for a long fucking time. And for anybody close to the situation to act like they're surprised would be absolutely absurd. So, uh, you know, that's that's just shit I've been saying. So, doesn't really shock me that much. Um, Ring of Honor. I watched the um, the uh, final battle show because I was just like curious that you know were they going to do some over the top shit? I really was convinced that man they were going to find a way to get Brian there, Punk. Um, I don't know if Joe, Joe might be like re-signed with WWE cause I know he was fired, but maybe he works there again. I, I don't really know cause I don't re- watch any of it, but I was figuring punk's free. Brian's free. Um, you know, a, a couple of those guys like that. I mean, th- the, the main, main guys, you know, um, I mean, you could always bring Loki back for one night if you, you know, you could find a way to talk to him or whatever the case. I mean, um, if you could bring Christopher Daniels back, right? I mean, there, there's a lot you can do, and you could have made this insanely special spectacle out of it. And it seemed like, for whatever reason, that just wasn't the plan. Like, it just, they treated it as if this was the end of Ring of Honor. Like I told you, like a lot of people were kind of eulogizing them online, you know, um, homicide and different people were typing as if this is, this is the end of the road for ring of honor. And, you know, people's all oh, new beginnings in the new year. Eh, but there was too much of thank you for everything you've done for me. You know what I mean? Contracts aren't there anymore. Like there's, you know, there, there's a parting of something there. It's, it's not just, we'll be back in three months. That's ridiculous. And if they are, they do something, they're going to do something different. Yeah, guys are, are writing it off as if th- this is the last time they'll speak. Um, so I expected them to get these guys in there, you know, for a run in for a one-off match for a whatever. And I'm sure Tony Khan's enough of a wrestling fan that if Ring of Honor is going out for good, then, you know, he could allow them a decent send-off and just allow these guys to work, you know, Ring of Honor for the night or whatever. You know, he's signing half their talent now, too, so it's not like there is, you know, any animosity there or whatever. But, um, yeah, I I just expected more. I expected more of a a real big send-off. And they did little video messages from all those guys that I was thinking of, you know, the Samoa Joes, the, the, um, you know, the punks, the, um, Brian Danielson. I don't know. I don't think they got AJ, but again, like these are guys that a lot of them would be 
pretty available outside of the WWE universe, obviously. I figure, you know, that would be something you would do if, if you were going out. But, yeah, they just got the video messages and kind of ran their normal, I guess, final battle. Which just, you know, I didn't I didn't have a lot of context to it, so it wasn't like these feuds are paying off for me because, hey, I don't know. I don't know a lot of the wrestlers. I don't really know what led to it. I didn't see any, you know, previous matches. So there was some good stuff. I mean, I don't think it was, like, terrible wrestling by any stretch. I think they all did fine, but I just didn't really care about it. Um, the fight without honor or whatever it was, that that was that was pretty good. Um now, because I do prefer, like, a little bit more hardcore, you know, dangerous shit, you know. It doesn't have to be full-on deathmatch and shit, but, like, you know, spots to the outside and, you know, stuff like that. It, it gets my attention a little bit more than just, you know, mat wrestling over and over. Because a lot of these guys, like Ring of Honor, they have this, like, persona, like, I'll rip your face off, and then they, like, technical wrestle for 20 minutes, and it's like, ah, all right, man, you know seen enough arm holds but you know it got over with people for a long time apparently not enough because i mean they're gone now but um yeah it just it really wasn't for me that much and then it was like you know whoever won the titles were keeping the titles so i mean good for Rhett titus he's from this town over here i see him uh, i used to see him all the time in the gym but now the gym's in my house i'll never see him so i like shit better that way where i don't see nobody in the motherfucking gym but uh but, yeah, I used to see him in the gym all the time around here and shit. So, he's always a nice dude. Always said hi to me, real polite, you know. Good dude. But, um, so, good for him. I think he won, like, the TV title or something. Um, Gresham won the, the world title. So, he, he's, like, the world champ, the last world champion, I guess, and is defending it on other companies. So, I don't know how that's going to work. If it's Is it going to start changing hands on other companies and then just getting past it? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. But, um. Yeah, I don't know. It it wasn't really like it didn't do anything special for me. Um, I just had way too high expectations because Ring of Honor, like that's an iconic company. They kind of did. They went dark over the past few years where you just really just didn't hear much about whatever went on with them. You know, I guess their loyals would still, you know, consistently support and be there, but you didn't hear a lot of buzz that came out of it. You know, not like all oh, that. You know. That generic Osteen main event was crazy. You know, like, you, you would hear stuff about, like, when they were doing it. But, you know, the Briscoes have been there for all these years, and, I mean, they just kind of went away for me, you know. I didn't really seek out stuff, but in the same token, like, I see other wrestlers that are here, that are there, that are there. Without me even looking, it's just, you know, it winds up on my feed somehow. People talk about it. You'll talk about the GCW stuff, uh, some of the ICW stuff. You'll hear about, like, when Gorilla would do stuff, um, occasionally IWA, um, Beyond. Like, these things would pop up. Ring of Honor seemed to be the least thing that popped up, for especially as far as big companies. TNA, too. TNA is another one of those, like, I don't know how it exists because it's just off the radar for me. I never hear about it. Uh, it, it exists. It's out there. You can go get, watch it, but I don't know what the fuck goes on. Like occasionally I'll see a commercial and be like, Oh, they work there. All right, cool. There you go. But I, I wouldn't know who their champion is. I wouldn't, I, I have no idea, but, um, yeah. So, um, not for me, but there it goes. Uh, punk wore a pro choice shirt in Texas. See, this is why this is like, 
this is why I like this motherfucker because that type of dickhead shit, like, you know, fuck them. You know, fuck, fuck the people out there that are, you know, with that pro-life need to lock people up for getting abortions. Just mind your motherfucking business, you know. And Punk's gonna go out there and give them a little fuck you because he's he's so in love with being a heel any way he can, and you know he knows it's gonna hit a nerve with them and fuck them. Yeah, good. So I, I love that he did that shit. But uh, yeah. Um, let me see what else. Oh, what, the Gronkowski commercial, like that shit drives me fucking crazy because the whole commercial is. A multimillionaire trying to commit insurance fraud. And the only possible defense to him trying to commit insurance fraud is that maybe he's special needs because they're like, no, but you're not special. He's like, but I'm special. Like that. I mean, that's the only possible defense you could even pull out when you go like, well, he's clearly trying to commit insurance fraud. Like they're like, yeah, it's only for veterans. He's like, yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, just, you know, <laughs> he's just trying to like weasel his way into cheaper insurance when he's a multi. I don't really know what, like, why would that encourage anybody to get the insurance? I, I don't. I don't understand advertising a lot of times. I mean, I guess maybe if I talk about it, I guess I'm helping to spread the word, but not really because I'm not like encouraging anyone to buy it. I'm just saying that it looks ridiculous with this big goon trying to fucking commit insurance fraud as a legendary tight end. I, I don't understand. Um, let me see. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is a uh, dirty Ronald McDonald, right? I didn't know this existed. I don't know why this exists. I, I have no fucking clue. I didn't know this guy existed until the other day. And uh, my man Jeremy over it. I got your five stars. He hit me up and was like, yo, check this shit out. And uh, it was a guy. Let me explain the clip. Effie, I guess, was fighting dirty Ronald McDonald outside somewhere. And they were on top of like a truck that was next to the ring. And now it wasn't a truck. It was like a building with a ledge. So the ledge was like maybe a foot, foot and a half, two feet up, you know, from where they were standing on the roof. So this asshole has his fucking foot cocked up on the ledge like Captain Morgan. And Effie hits him with the shittiest punch that's ever happened in the history of pro wrestling. Like this ridiculous fucking punch. And this guy does like a fucking step up. Like he does like a, uh, like, like he's doing a step up on the bench to jump off the roof. Like, clearly jump off the roof. Like, he's not falling due to this brutal punch. He he steps up to jump off the roof just to put his ribs into, like, tables that are sitting in the ring. Like, he just jumps and, like, his midsection just drives into the sides of the fucking tables because he's a fucking idiot. Everything about this whole entire fucking move looked like absolute garbage. So, that was pretty much my response um, in less words and, uh, dirty Ronald McDonald then, um, told me that I should kill myself and, um, then deleted the whole comment, I guess, before <laughs> he got in trouble from Instagram or whatever the case is. But the thing about this is like, 
I, I don't understand where not only can people just throw believability out the window, can can throw talent out the window, or or any bit of this craft that you're taking part in, like just just throw any credibility or pride in your own fucking work, just throw that shit out the window, and then also treat people like shit when they call you out for it. So like, don't put out a good product, but also be mad about people that might bring it up. I've seen a lot of people like that in life where like, they just don't take responsibility for their fucking actions. They act as obnoxious as possible. And then when you call them on it, they're like, yo, what the fuck? You're like, dude, you've been out of control all fucking day. Like what, what do you mean? What the fuck? I've been tolerating your shit all fucking day. Now all of a sudden I said something. I'm the problem. What are you fucking crazy? You know, again, this this fucking ridiculous punch, to me, Effie is insanely overrated. Like, insanely fucking overrated. And uh, he, he, he hits him with this ridiculous, I, I mean, this shit looked like a joke. Like, it, it was crazy. This little, like, swiping jab, pause, strike I don't know what that was but and he just he really leaped the fuck off the roof because of that and it and it wasn't even even with his feet so he had to like step up like I don't know how you could think like that doesn't look bad I saw another one where um recently where Alex let's just go into like a horrible spot segment here um Alex Cologne and Atticus Kogar went through this like pane of glass contraption off of like I think a scaffold or something. Now both of these guys, I should preface, where both of these guys are fucking talented. I don't know where standards just fucking left where it's like it doesn't matter if it looks good as long as it's kind of crazy. Like it doesn't matter that it looks like a wrestling move anymore. It doesn't matter if it looks like I'm trying to hurt you or just kind of assist you through it. It just we're just going to fucking do whatever this is like. So they're on this, whatever scaffolding or higher plateau and the tables and everything and the glass are stacked up to pretty much even along with the thing. So you figure you would do like a move directly down, you know, off of it. Instead, like Alex Cologne picks up Atticus and then, steps onto the glass like fully just like steps onto it and obviously as soon as you put weight on it it just breaks and you guys fall through but like that's not the same thing like what the fuck is what is that like you technically broke the glass with your boot like obviously and you know in a lot of moves that type of shit happens you know i mean it part of like breaking the fall and not actually dying on some of these spots you got to. But if you do it blatant enough where like, you're not even jumping and then maybe clipping the boot on it. So you catch a little, you know, resistance there. You're like just straight stepping on the glass and falling through it. Like two idiots. You know what I mean? Like you guys try to walk out onto the ice on one of those epic fails and you go through the fucking ice and you're like, Oh, I thought it was thicker. Like what the fuck was the game plan there? Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't look like I'm trying to punish my opponent. It looks like you accidentally stepped on something you shouldn't have stepped on. It's just, and again, those two have talent. I don't know if the dirty Ronald McDonald guy has talent. I, I don't get the vibe that he has talent, but I mean, anything's possible. According to that fucking spot, he doesn't. But again, 
people who have talent now don't even need to use it. You can just do like ridiculous looking shit. And then speaking of ridiculous looking shit, I guess early in the summer, I see a lot of this shit like well, well after it happens. Cause I don't actually watch the shows. So I'll see on like, um, whatever the fuck, uh, I forget what the name of the, uh, the Instagram pages are. I follow a couple of them and they'll just show like clips from death matches and hardcore shit, ultra violent, something or other. Um, and, uh, I guess they redid the fucking same spot with G Raver and, and Jimmy Lloyd. And why? Like, this is why Jim Cornette said like, yeah, he might as well die. Who gives a fuck? Because he doesn't give a fuck. This guy almost lost the use of his one fucking arm that he did tattooing with. I don't think that was his dominant hand, but either way, you still have to like, you know, stretch the skin and like do other shit with your other hand. And he almost lost fucking ability to use that hand. And then, you know, got immediately more worried about Jim Cornette saying that he didn't care if he died. And then as soon as he got healthy enough to use everything the way he wanted to, he ran back into the ring to fucking successfully do the same brain buster on top of the ladder on top of a light tube with Jimmy fucking Lloyd. Who gives a fuck? And the reaction to that was like, ah, golf clap. I was like, okay, congrats, asshole. Again, you, you just risked, again, possibly not using your arm for the sake of a barely a reaction. Barely a fucking reaction and like, Again, I, I don't know who's talking about this. I have no idea who's like, can you believe? Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of saying that, but I'm saying it in a way where, like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because you raised fucking money to get yourself back on your feet just to go back and do the same exact thing. Like, if that isn't a slap in the face of every fan that was like, here's $20, man. I feel so bad that you can't do, like, you know, your regular job and pay your bills and well, here, here's this money. Here's this money. I'll buy another T-shirt. Oh, yeah, good luck in your your uh, fight against Jim Cornette. It's like, wait a minute. When do we switch focus from, like, your recovery physically to, like, Jim Cornette's the root of all evil? Like, you know. And then, again, just rush right back to the ring and be like, yep, I want to do the same thing that I did last time when I almost lost my arm. Like, if we could just do it just like that without me losing the arm, and then I could show them. Show what, what the fuck? it's just, it's absurd. I can't, I can't look at motherfuckers and be like, oh, I respect his decisions in life. Like, clearly he's a fucking moron. Like, normal people don't do shit like that. You know? It's not like that's what's going to pay the bills or that's the thing that's going to make him famous so it's worth taking the risk again. It's just like for no fucking reason other than just going, see, I could do it. No one doubted that. Who cares? Barely got a reaction. There's another 12 things in that same fucking show that got bigger reactions than your your spot that was that risky. I guarantee it. Like, simple, stupid shit. Let me see. Uh, there's that. There's that. Yeah, so then uh, let's go on some rap shit. Uh, let's go a couple, couple different routes. <laughs> First, uh... Redman, um, this this is you know, Redman was selling, uh, yeah, he is selling, um, t-shirts that say um, it goes Reggie, Jay Z, Tupac, and Biggie, which was a quote from Eminem's um, "Till I Collapse," 
and he wore that shirt. He got that shirt made, I guess, and um, had it for the versus battle. I think that may have been the debut of it with uh, Matt. So he was out there with that. Um, I've been a Redman fan since since '92 when he came out. You know, um, you know, from from that that first album, the what the album that was the shit. I mean, I still got songs like that in the playlist. Like, I mean. Tonight's the night, time for some action. I mean, the list goes on. I mean, that that shit is so unbelievably classic. And, I, like, Redman is probably my number two guy of all time. My, my, like, personal favorite. I'm not saying, like, greatest of all time or anything like that. My favorite of all time is Sean Price. And then I think after that comes Redman and probably then Busta. You know, those, those are, like, my favorites, you know, I think. Um, you know, maybe I'll think about it and you know, I'll come up with a different order or something. I don't think so, though. I think that's definitely one and two are, are accurate in saying that, yeah, I'm a, I'm going to go with Sean Price and I'm going to go with Redman. So just, just to tell you, you know, how, how much I like this dude. You know, this isn't just me shitting on, you know, somebody for the sake of shitting on him. But um, he's selling these shirts on there. For thirty-five fucking dollars plus shipping, and it says they're on sale for sixty-five dollars plus shipping. And I, uh, I, I just can't fucking grasp it because it's a black shirt with white letters, and that's it. And because I've had a shirts made before, and I've had shirts made before with multiple colors, front and back. This is only a front print. And it's only white letters. And there is not a fucking chance in hell that that shirt cost him more than $7 a piece to fucking make. So you, next year will be 30 years that what the album came out. So after all these years, 30 fucking years, that shirt should cost me $45 when it's all said and done. The fucking, the, the, the 35 plus you're going to charge me like 10 fucking dollars shipping. $45 for a fucking t-shirt. This is why. And like, this is a cat from Newark. Like he knows bootlegs is out there and you get them for $10. Like you're not spending all that. And like he would, he would put that shit over on his records, you know, but like, it's like, Oh, and it's funny because he responded like, uh, uh, stop being cheap and support small business or I'll smack the shit out of you. And he didn't respond. It's his people or whatever, you know. But in the same token, like, <coughs> don't small business me. You've been 30 years in the fucking business as an absolute legend. And I'm just speaking to the, the point, you know, not, I mean, like he said that or again, I don't think it's in, but I'm just saying 30 years in the fucking business is an absolute fucking legend. And you're doing small business? You should be doing big business by now. You know? Redman is another one of those cats that he just disappears. He just disappears and I he just you don't see him with nobody, you don't see him anywhere. Uh he doesn't really show up at events or, or you don't see him in concert all the time and shit. His albums come out every five years, six years, if that. This dude's been rolling out singles. Like this dude is more or less low-key released every single off his next album without releasing the album that's actually going to make him some money because the singles are just going out for free on the Spotify and SoundCloud or wherever the fuck. And then 
I, eventually he's going to put an album out, and the album's going to be fire, but we heard all the songs, you know? Like, so I don't really understand, like, a lot of, the, like, the business model of what Red does. And the thing is, is, like, you know, I, I think he does terrible business. So don't don't tell me about small businesses, because what the fuck are you involved with that? Why is Redman, so this is just off of, like, a net value, right? Why is Redman, in 2021... His his value his estimated net value ten million dollars. Tell me tell me why like why why is Cy the the, the, the Gangnam style guy he he's worth sixty million dollars and I know he took his shit from another country he popped with one song but again he popped with one fucking song. We're talking about Redman, talking about Redman who who blew the fuck up in the nineties, and then got into movies and shit with meth. And, and the red and meth combo alone, how did you not make crazy fucking money off of that? How? It, fucking Chameleon Air is worth $50 million. Nicki Minaj is worth $80 million. Master P, two, $200 million he's worth. Why the fuck is that? Master P, like, I don't even know what, I mean, he he was like the head of the label and all that shit too, so he made all sorts of money from uh, putting other people on his shit, but like, I never saw any kind of like legit talent in there. Like, what fucking track has Master P ever made that was better than a Redman track? Like, what fucking track have you ever heard better, or, or what, tell me, uh, tell me one track that came near anything on Muddy Waters. It just doesn't exist. Tell me one track that anyone on his fucking labels made that was anywhere close to Muddy Waters. Anything on that fucking album. Like, you just... To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I think a lot of balls being dropped there. So if years later you're still nickel and diamond fans and, and overcharging motherfuckers for, for t-shirts, knowing that bootlegs are out there, bro. You know what I mean? But like it, it, it's just asinine for it to go this level, and and another just another point to, to me that um he he's not very good business wise. There's a there's a lyric in in one of the freestyles he did, the eighty bars freestyle that he did, and uh, the lyric he said, uh, even I dodged a bullet, I ain't fuck with the Bitcoin, and as soon as I heard that, it just like irritated me. Because, like, look, I'm no, you know, I'm no expert in any of that shit. To be honest with you, I'm not very good at it. But to say that shit like you know better than the fuck with the Bitcoin because people got fucked up on the Bitcoin. Like, let, let's say I looked up some numbers so we could, we could just quick talk about this. On December 15, 2016, Bitcoin was worth. $779. So if you put $779, which is like 22 of those fucking shirts that you got there, that would have made you $45,000 between then and now. So what fucking bullet are you dodging on the Bitcoin? You know what I mean? That That's crazy. That's fucking crazy. $779 would have made you 45 grand between 2016 and now. You know. I mean, 
you put, you know, a quarter or, or a tenth of that 10 mil in there, you put one mil in there, what would that shit look like? You know what I mean? Brad man suddenly worth a little more, more money, you know? I don't know about you dodging a bullet, you know? But that, that shit like that upsets me, you know? Because guys like Redman, to me, you know, that's that's the pinnacle. That's that's what that 90s rap shit, that grimy, that street, clever shit, hard beats, fucking, like, that's that's that guy, you know? He, he delivers that type of shit that I like. You know, when you look at Meth and Red, one of the best fucking combos of all time. And... You know the result of that is is you know meth meth's doing pretty well for himself. He's all jacked up. You see him in the gym and shit, and he's killing it. You know, um, you know he's got that woo money too. But you know, uh, I mean, Redman had you know Def Def Squad, and he did some shit with them. But it just seemed like it always hit like a like a dead zone with Red, where it just he just kind of went away. He'd pop up with meth every once in a while, but maybe drop an album and then kind of go away again. And, you know, like that shit where, you know, the Cribs thing, it's funny to a certain extent, but also like sad, like really, why the fuck do you got like it? The, the, you could reach the door from the toilet type shit, you know, like, Oh, in my, in my, my fridge is empty and, and, you know, and, and this shit is bummy. My cousin's sleeping on the floor and shit like I Bro, I don't, I don't, I don't think that shit is necessary right now. You hit a certain level, like you gotta invest in yourself. Fucking do a little better than that. Like, what the fuck is going on, man? And I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's what makes the, uh, the, the cats that, that I like the product of their music. Maybe that is, maybe that is what that is, because, you know, Sean P. He was not, he was, he was a hood cat to the end. He was around for a long fucking time, too. You know, I mean, he didn't gain the notoriety of a red man because, you know, red had meth. Red meth, I think that was that was the uh, the catapult for red man to be a little bit more mainstream, you know, than clearly than Sean Price. So, I mean, for me, but that's I think those cats that did stay hood, even though they're just terrible business decisions are going on and. Uh, a complete dropping of the ball of, of making money off of their abilities. Cause you know, again, look at guys like master P that are just filthy fucking rich Birdman, filthy fucking rich. Don't, I, there ain't a fucking thing I want on my playlist from Birdman. I don't, I don't, I got nothing for that. That shit sounds like a superhero. I don't give a fuck about a Birdman. Never have, you know? And, and like, as far as I'm concerned, as far as like new Orleans, I think the best rapper out of new Orleans period is just fucking uh ferris blues that's it blues uh, to me is my type of rapper from out there i mean i know they they deal with a different style usually so you know it goes more towards you know the, the uh masterpiece and mysticals and all that shit but it, it's uh it's not for me and uh i think as far as like pure lyricist and it, that's he's a new cat but i mean you you look at the shit that he's putting out the shit is unstoppable it's fucking crazy. Um, this other cat, you know, it's crazy. I stumbled upon because um, uh, my eldest daughter actually showed me this one video. And um, it was a TikTok and shit. And the dudes were running around just talking shit to people on the street and getting like, you know, all sorts of people all riled up in the hood and shit from, you know, fiends, the homeless, the whoever the fuck out there. 
just bugging. It's called like side talk. And um, he's uh, I I had no idea he was a rapper. And then then when I looked up on his page, he um, he he does this thing where he's like, uh, you know, don't ever disrespect me looking like a like a hood screech, <laughs> you know, shit like this. And he just keeps calling people as they they just walk by and he just calls them some shit and, and just keeps going and going. And uh, he, he coined this shit, bing bong, fuck your life, he says all the time. And, and like, he, he even trademarked that shit. And uh, I think that shit's hilarious. Like, his his whole video style is, is fucking crazy as hell. Like, he just, like, it looks like somebody's about to fuck him up at some point. But, you know, he knows his area is shit. He's a Coney Island cat. And uh, then I found out he was a rapper. His name's Nems. And um, I like some of his shit. For sure. This motherfucker could spit. Like, some of his shit is, is real deal. Um, the tracks I liked was um, Bing Bong is pretty tight. Um, that's, you know, that's a pretty good one, obviously. You know, his trademark, Bing Bong. Uh, the one line on it just cracks me in the chorus, and it cracks me up too much. I've been yelling it all day, though, because... He says, you little dusty motherfucker, you got ringworm. <laughs> and this shit is just hilarious to me because I work at an animal shelter. So, like, ringworm is something we deal with there. Like, not that, like, we have it as, as people, but we have, like, cats there with ringworm. We get dogs with ringworm occasionally. We treat them. You know, it's your fungal. We have a back. We have an isolation area that's just for ringworm and shit. And, again, like, none of us as people have it and shit. But it's it's just so funny how aggressively he throws that shit. Like, dirty motherfucker, you got ringworm. And, and uh, it just sounds funny to me because, you know, I've seen the shit, like, more in a, you know, upfront type of thing. And it's, like, it's a big thing in the shelter because, you know, it could spread and, and it's contagious. It's very treatable, but, you know, it's contagious and, you you know, you can't adopt animals out with that. So you got to isolate them somewhere, make sure the rest of the shelter isn't um, – you know, affected by it and, uh, you know, quarantine it and all that and treat it. But yeah, it's, it's just funny to me, but, uh, the track, uh, wow. I think that shit is dope. Um, a gorilla clip. And that's the other one I like a lot. Um, name of the album is Congo and he's got like a whole gorilla theme too. His whole, like, he's got a logo that's like a G with, with fur on it for gorilla. You know what I mean? So, I, that shit gets my attention too, you know, because his whole gimmick is dope. But he's got that raw style. It kind of r- reminds me of like a Vinny Paz, but his his punchlines are better. He's got that real clever kind of you know comedic punchline shit where it's just like crazy disrespectful to the joint, you know, to the point where you kind of laugh at it, you know, where you're like, God damn, this motherfucker, <laughs> you know. Some of that shit is really fucking funny. And um, again, like some of those tracks, those tracks are hard as hell. I mean, I definitely recommend checking them out. Nems, uh, Congo. There's that. Uh, check out my man Shaheen uh, doing his thing. Do the, um, I think, I'm trying to remember the name of his fucking show. He changed it too many times, man. I don't have that type of progressive memory. But um, I think something about the apocalypse or some shit. But check him out. Uh, if you need commissions, go over there, order him some commissions. He's been drawing his ass off. He draws all this crazy ass shit. So if you want some crazy ass shit, he, he could make that shit up for you. Um, but he, he could do anything you want too. So check him out. Um, uh, Eric, you know, I mean, you know, the dude is, he's, he's really trying, you know, with this Eagle thing, 
And these motherfuckers fucked me out of two parlays last night. Like, on some real shit, like, I had I had one, because, you know, they switched two games, three games, out of their normal slot. So there was two games Monday, two games Tuesday. So I said, you know what? I want to have action Tuesday. So I'm going to take two parlays. I'm going to take one parlay with the early Monday night game, or, you know, whatever. Take the two Monday night games on two different parlays and then put both of Tuesday's games on that same parlay, you know, on, on that, pick the same teams on that, that Tuesday. So I won both of my Monday games, which left me with two parlays going into fucking Tuesday. I took the Rams minus seven. They went out there, covered that shit. And I had the, the, the Washington football team plus six and a half, which they had, in their motherfucking clutches because they went up like 10 nothing to start the game or some stupid shit like that. Then, of course, they let the Eagles back in it. And then the Eagles fucking stretched on them and, like, they just couldn't get a fucking thing done down down the stretch. All they needed to do was score to one touchdown and they would have cut it to three. They had it at three and then they let the Eagles fucking score again. I was like, you motherfucker. So, like, the, the bullshit Eagles... They ain't going to win a motherfucking thing this season. They ain't got shit to talk about in the postseason other than whose fucking house they're going to to watch the playoffs with the fucking Niners in it. But these motherfuckers can say, I lost J2 fucking parlays on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, not too many people fucking play games on Tuesday. I lost a motherfucker two parlays on Tuesday. How you feel about that shit? You know what I mean? I, uh, I don't appreciate that shit, Eric. You know what I mean? It's terrible. Fucking Eric, you know, um, yeah, I think that's, that's most of what I got. Did I, what the fuck else did I, oh man, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's about it. I'll just leave it at that shit. Uh, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Um, enjoy that shit or don't. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> nah, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, make sure you leave out. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't have no goddamn cookie? Are uh, you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't have no. Now I'm telling your short ass he can't have no goddamn milk cookie. Leave out milk and cookies, Santa. Peace. Talk to y'all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. I'm tired as rain. Make my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and uh shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you wanna be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people, and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide.
me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The truth I can't radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, sir, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.